right. Welcome to the Nothing to Prove, Only to Share podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, this is Jake Baldwin. Can you give us a little intro? Tell us like what you're doing in the scene right now. Sure. Uh, I play trumpet in every band possible, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And I lead some of my own groups and then I tour with a few other groups and I do a little bit of recording for like TV and movies and video games and just basically try to stay as busy as I can, stay creative. Cool. Where did it start for you? Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, it started when I was 10 years old and my dad made me play trumpet because he said, uh, you're going to play the trumpet because when I want to go to your band concerts, I want to hear the melody. Interesting. Uh, And his kind of deal was like, if you're going to play sports, which I was like very into, you also have to do music to like balance it out. Wow, cool. Because he was very into making all the kids like be well-rounded. Sweet. And uh, I don't think he meant to do this, but he would just put music on and be like, come into this room and like learn this. Cool. So I was just kind of doing like intense ear training and stuff from an early age and turned out I really liked it and kept on, kept on going. Cool. Is he a musician? Uh, he's one of those people that like would claim that he's not musical or not a musician, but he like can pick up a guitar and just play any song. <laughs> and I'll say, dad, what, what are you playing? He said, uh, it's just, it's just this, <laughs> you know, doesn't, doesn't yeah. necessarily know like the names of the chords he's playing, but just has it. Cool. And he, he grew That's up singing. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice. Cool. When he told you to, p- to play trumpet, were you like resistant at all? Or is that like something you were interested in doing before he, I, I had this irrational fear that I'd never be able to learn how to read music. Okay. I don't know why. It's just, it seemed one of those things where it's like, well, this is like learning a new language. Yeah. And it wasn't that hard. <laughs> so you learned when you were like 10 or so? Yeah, like 10 okay. years old. And did you, like, were you in a, like in school, did you learn? Like, were you in a band or did yeah. your dad teach you or did So you- it was, it's kind of, my, my upbringing is weird in the sense that like my band director, I grew up in this little town called Florence in Oregon. Okay, cool. Oh, uh, that was all through middle school. And my band director was this amazing guy that like would just bring in trumpet players to like teach me, which was very cool. Cool. Uh, And then there was another kid whose name's Kai Sandoval and he's a trumpet player that's killing it out in New York right now. And we sort of grew together and it was like the competition. So it was this tiny town, but we had two people that were very into trumpet. Wow. Sweet. Uh, And I think that was actually a really big catalyst for why I ended up like getting better. And we ended up going to college together and it was, it was like joint growth kind of situation. And we were always seeking out like information and knowledge and listening to recordings. And it was, it was really that friendship that helped me like move forward. Cool. Uh, so you're from Oregon, you said? Well, I was born in Minnesota, moved to Oregon when I was really little. Okay. And then uh, senior year, no senior, eighth grade, senior year of middle school. <laughs> in eighth grade, I moved to uh, Minnetonka. Okay, cool. And you've been here since? Yeah, I went to college in Boston, came back. Okay, cool. And what did you study? Uh, jazz performance. Very nice. Cool. Cool. Well, I want to hear about your bands. Like, uh, we, could we start with the McNasty Brass Band? We sure can, yeah. Because uh, you just came out with a record there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yet? It's called MNBB. Mm-hmm. It's uh, pretty good, if I do say so myself. We've been sitting on it for <laughs> yes. like four years. It was something we, we had all this momentum going, and then COVID happened. And we had just recorded it, but then didn't release it. But So McNasty Brass Band's a 10-piece New Orleans-style brass band. Uh, and it started at McNally Smith, which is now no longer yeah. Rip McNally, but it started as a, an ensemble. It was like a New Orleans band ensemble. So I came in after that group was already established. I moved back to town and people met me like, oh, we have this brass band. Do you want to be in it? And then it's been all original music. And I've met some of my best friends through that. We've been going for, gosh, over 10 years now, cool. which is weird to think about. That's sweet. It's weird to get to the point in your career where things start being like 10 and 15 years ago that yeah. you did. <laughs> I'm definitely not there yet. 
Uh, it'll, 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 it sneaks up on you. Just wait. Uh, so you guys just played a show recently? Yep. We did our album release show at the Green Room in mm -hmm. uh, Uptown, and it was very fun. We had this saxophone player, Leo P., who's you probably know him as like the dancing subway saxophone sure. guy. He happened to be in town and was nice enough to come and play with us, which I thought really like added to the, the vibe of the whole thing. Cool. But that band, yeah, that band's a blast. And it's like a totally different thing than anything else that I get to do. So yeah, it's the most like trumpety I get to be. Okay. Which, cool. is, which is a good time. Okay. Anything else you want to say about that group before we move on? Uh, listen to our music. It's yeah. very good. <laughs> cool. Check out, check out the song hindsight 2020. It's one of my favorites. Okay, cool. I actually, I meant to usually I'll listen to music of each guest before they come in just to like get a vibe and mm -hmm. make sure that I have shit to talk about. Sure. Um, and I'm, I meant to listen to that new record and I pulled it up and I didn't push play, but Duluth, there's a song called Duluth. Yeah. There's a story behind that. Tell uh, me. We were supposed to play a gig at this brewery in Duluth. And I mean, it's the long story short. It was snowing and it took us, I think, seven and a half hours to get there. What? So the actual <laughs> title is Seven and a Half Hours to Duluth. Oh my gosh, cool. But we're hoping it becomes like, you know, a theme song of Duluth. And maybe they'll, you'll give us a key to the city. <laughs> yeah, I'll put in a good word. Maybe. Yeah, just, just to open. Yeah, help me out here. I'll write him a letter. Please, yeah. Uh, dear Duluth. <laughs> oh, interesting. So do you guys travel a lot? Not as much as I'd like to, but it, like I said, the momentum's picking back up. COVID sure. really put a, a yeah, wrench yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah. And it's really hard with 10 musicians who have... Totally, yeah. All, all everyone, everyone in the group does music professionally. Okay. So the schedule, we, we have like a joint calendar and it is insane Chaos. looking. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, we've, we've gone to Canada a few times, played in like Thunder Bay and Winnipeg and... Boy, does Canada love us really? for whatever reason. It's always a fun time. Very cool. Uh, we're doing this educational thing in Thief River Falls in September. Uh, yeah, I, I think the goal is to start touring now that we have this album out and try to book some stuff. Sure. And cool. we want to do like the educational thing within like the performancing because I think it's a really important okay. part of the music. Say more about the educational. Well, so like our, our sousaphone tuba player is uh, an elementary music school educator. Okay. And we just all feel like it's really important to give music back to people and give them access to it. And one of the things you do is like give clinics, like what's the history of this music? How can you all be a part of it? And mm -hmm. just show like the roots of it and then teach like simple songs to the kids so they can be like involved too. Yeah. Uh, cool. That's really fun for us. And I think it's really exciting for the kids that we get to yeah. do that with. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah. love that. Uh, were you on tour with Four Freshmen? Yeah, well, so that's, I'm, I'm always kind of on tour with that okay. group. Yeah, so the Four Freshmen is this group I sing in. They've been around since 1948, so this is their 75th year. Wow. Which is wild to think about. Uh, that's that's the weirdest thing that I do in terms of something I never thought I would be doing. Yeah. Because I didn't grow up singing at all. Yeah, do, so do you have any training or anything? I do now a little bit, but mm -hmm. it was really a situation where my friend Tommy, who I went to college with, he had left college, gone to this school in Iowa where someone came through heard him and was like, oh, you should be in the four freshmen because someone was leaving. And then when their trumpet player left, he just remembered me from college and texted me one day and said, could you sing? And I was in this mindset at that point in my life where it's just grind, say yes to everything. So yeah. I, I lied and said yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, you uh, got away with it. Well, it's, yeah, yeah. Then he sent me the music that I was going to be singing and I was like, oh no. <laughs> uh, then I took a couple lessons with a woman in town named Rachel Holder, who's a okay. fantastic vocalist. And I've been getting into that, but that's fun. That's, that, that's my biggest touring gig right now. Okay, cool. All the warm states. Cause the, the older folks tend to like us. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, 
When was the last time you guys traveled for, for tour? And do you have plans to in the near future? Yep. Yeah. I was just in Chautauqua, New York, like two weekends ago. Okay. Which is outside of Buffalo. It's very pretty. It's just kind of, it almost seems like a town that's built in the middle of nowhere just to be a summer getaway for people. Okay. Very like East Coast. Yeah. Elite. <laughs> um, elite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It, was, mm-hmm. it, it felt that way. I definitely felt like I didn't... Uh, yeah. Didn't really uh, meet the pay grade there. Okay. Uh, we had a fine time, though. That was a great, beautiful place. And then where are we going next month? We have a whole thing. In, in September, we're going to Mission Viejo, California, and then we pop over to Phoenix, Arizona. And then we have our uh, annual Four Freshmen convention. Oh, shit. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole fan group, the Four Freshmen Society. What? And they have a convention every year, and we're the, we're the headliner, which makes sense. Oh, my sense. God. That's sick. Is That's, it a big thing? Uh, it's it, big, big for us. Yeah. Yeah. There'll probably be, I'm open like three or 400 people there. Cool. That's there's, great. There's like, How comfy, you know, cozy. thousands of members around the world. Yeah. Um, but it's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So Interesting. bustling metropolis. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> cool. Uh, you mentioned that you had a phase of like saying yes to everything. Oh yeah. Do you want to talk about that and like maybe the transition period out of that or if you're still doing that? Yeah. I, I, a lot of people in my life are telling me I need to stop doing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think part of it's being a workaholic and then part of it's just proving to myself that I, I never wanted to give myself a plan B with trumpet. You know, I was, I was always very aware of how tough being a musician as a career would be because everyone in my life told me that everyone was very supportive, but they're like, you know, this is going to be mm-hmm. hard. So for me, it was like, I'm just going to say yes to everything. I'm going to make it work. Um, and it's fun to play music and I, yeah. I like a new challenge. So it's kind of that thing. And it's also a personal pride thing where it's like, I want to be able to show up and just play any show and, and mm-hmm. say like, Oh, I did a good job doing that. Cause I put the work in to figure out how to play this style or this, yeah. this thing. So it's very hard for me to slow down and just say no to some stuff. Um, but now as I'm getting a little older and there's some more musicians coming into the, the scene, I've actually had a really great time and feel good about being able to give some of that to the younger mm-hmm. players coming up. Cool. Uh, Cause a lot of people gave me really great opportunities when I first got here. So I'm yeah. sort of starting to see that transition where some of the stuff or maybe, you know, I don't necessarily want to do it anymore, but it'd be good experience for someone I'm, I'm yeah. able to let go of cool, uh, and give opportunities. But yeah, for a long time, it was just like, I need to be busy all the time or I'm, I'm not feeling successful. And COVID yeah. actually really helped me realize that that's not what it's all about. Cool. Well, let's talk about that. How you define success. Yeah. So, I mean, I really feel for me, success is being able to like do what you love honestly without having to compromise who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. So I like the music that I make my own albums that I've put out is very different than I think what a lot of people would know me for in terms of what they see me play around the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, if, especially if you're an artist, you just have to be honest about what you're playing. And I think if you can mm-hmm. say you put something out into the world that is 100% how you were feeling and you're not doing it because you think this person's going to like it or that person's going to like it. Mm-hmm. That makes you a successful person because you fulfilled sort of your role on earth as a human being, right? Cool. Like we're all supposed to be unique. Yeah. So like, why not just really play into that? Cause at, at the end of the day, it's like someone is going to get inspiration from it, mm-hmm. but people can tell like when you're faking it. Yeah. How did you get there? Like, like, were you ever the person, I feel like we all are the person who thinks too hard about what other people are thinking and oh my gosh, too yeah. hard about trends and yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a big people pleaser. Uh, and this is also part of why I used to say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, well, if I don't say yes to this person, they're going to take it personally. <laughs> uh, somehow over COVID, it just 
I felt like I lost my identity a little bit, right? Because I was I was this person. I was known as being like the most working trumpet player in town. Mm-hmm. I was always doing doing a gig, and it was felt good to just be on the scene. And all of a sudden, when you're not working all the time, and like your sort of life force is taken away from you, I had a little identity crisis, and I, it really gave me the time to like look inside myself and feel like, what do I actually want to do? What do I sound like? What is? I'm so used to playing other people's music. Like what? Mm-hmm. What do I actually want to come out and be representative of who I am as a person? Uh, so it was really good in that sense cool. for me. And and I mean, COVID was terrible, mm-hmm. but it really helped me to get to that point where it's like, I'm confident in just being like, hey, this is me and you don't have to like it, but at least I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm being honest about it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It was, it's, it's nice. I, I feel a lot. It was like a big weight was lifted when I, when I was able to just be myself. Yeah. I think that's like the artist's journey. <laughs> yes. Or the creative's journey. I think that's like the whole yeah, that's the the learning lesson, probably, mm-hmm. for all of us. Yeah. But hard to get there, definitely. So hard. And there's still days, you know, you struggle with it. You, mm-hmm. It's it's hard to be vulnerable, right, as a human being in general. So sometimes you'll put something out there, or you'll play something for someone, and you're just like, I really care about this person, and if they don't like it, this might hurt. Yeah. But, you know, they'll understand. Yeah. How do you deal with, like, have you gotten negative feedback before, like, Oh yeah. And anything that's like really hurt your feelings. Yeah. Actually almost, almost the opposite of negative feedback. And I feel like maybe this is a Midwest thing is sometimes I'll have people say positive things to me that I know they didn't mean. Dude, I was just talking about this. Oh, it's the worst. I was just talking about this. It's the worst. I would rather have the the people in my life that have been the most honest with me and told me like, Hey, that wasn't good. Mm -hmm. That's where you get the most growth from. And those are the people that I end up trusting the most. Absolutely. But people, I think sometimes people are afraid, especially like if they see you as being someone in like a position of like power or success, not that it's not saying that I am, <laughs> I play trumpet for a living, uh, but they're almost afraid to, to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. like how they actually felt about something. Cause they think that that'll make you think differently about them, which yeah. I, 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 I think people need honest feedback and that's the only way people can grow. Absolutely. Um, so all the negative things that I've gotten actually in my world have been positive, but some of the positives have been negative. Yeah, dude, that makes so much sense. I literally was just talking about this in a different context, yeah. but very recently. Um, so definitely resonate with that. And it, you're right. It probably is a Midwest thing, but I think, yeah, it's easier to be, to be yourself and to be authentic when you know that yeah. people are yeah honest with you. Yeah. It's, it's just, there's no reason to fake it. Like, especially on a professional level, you're not helping anybody. If you're just like, this thing you're doing is great. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, uh, what was, was that parable about like the King's new clothes, Emperor's new clothes? Do you know it? Do you know that one? Oh, the, the, this guy tells the emperor that he's going to make him the finest silk. It's like the, the, the best dr- robe ever. And like, uh, you know, only like smart people can see it. Oh, yeah. I've never heard this. Right. So he basically like everyone else thinks that he's naked and he's, he's like pretending cause he actually is naked. But because he's like, so like, he's like, no, everyone's telling me I look, I look great. So he thinks that he has clothes on, but he's actually naked. Interesting. I'm, I'm probably butchering it, but it's, it's <laughs> that's, that's, that's the story. Yeah. It's, it's like this the feedback loop thing that can just make you believe stuff that isn't necessarily true. Yeah. It's like not constructive. At the, at the end of it, a kid is like, you're naked. Yes. <laughs> oh, cool. So it's like, it takes the honesty of, I think the story of a child. Yeah. Of a child is, Very cool. Yeah. It's part of that. Very cool. Yeah. Worth a read. Dude, I will. I will look into it. I think it's called the emperor. Is it Emperor's New Clothes or something like that? I think it was a king. It was. Yeah, that sounds right. I don't know. You, you'd find it pretty easy. Some okay. some level of royalty. Okay, understood. Yeah. Where are we at with time? Uh, fifteen minutes. Okay. Wow. We're sl- we're really pushing through. Just just doing it. <laughs> okay. So I also want to hear about the Grammy win. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. You did research. Uh, yeah. So I was lucky enough to go to college at this place called the New England Conservatory of Music in Boston. And everyone that I met there is just so many phenomenal people. Like I look at the people I went to school with and they're all just doing these crazy, crazy cool things. Uh, but specifically there was this woman named Stephanie Ekonomu there who she was, I think a grad student when I was my undergrad, but she was a composer. Uh, this is going to be a long winded story. Sorry. Tell it. But she, there was a party at my house one night and I remember she specifically cornered me and she's like, you make really weird sounds. And I like that mm-hmm. about you. Like you just, you're fine with who you are. And at the time I was very self-conscious. So that was actually a nice thing to hear. And she's like, we'll work together someday. I was like, yeah, okay. Fast forward to, gosh, would have been 2018, maybe 19. I don't know. At some point she texted me and I hadn't talked to her for a while. And she was like, do you still make weird sounds? And I was like, yeah, I make weird sounds. She's like, cool. Have you heard of the video game Assassin's Creed? And I was like, and I was currently playing it. Oh, shut up. I was like, yes, I I have heard it. I I am. (laughs) I have heard of it. Yes. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. (laughs) I've spent much too much time hearing of it. Um, She's like, okay, cool. I, I have, I have some stuff I want you to record. And she's like, I need to find a sort of Viking sounding thing. I'm going to send you some stuff in the mail. So like a week later, all these like goats, horns and like weird Viking esque cool. instruments show up. Um, and they all smelled so bad when I played them, <laughs> Gross. but I, you know, I just kind of, they were, they were trumpet enough that I could kind of figure out how it worked. Mm-hmm. So she sent me a bunch of soundtrack stuff for the video game and I, re- I recorded stuff on it. And mostly it was just, she'd be like, here's come up with a theme and sort of improvise on that or do that sort of thing. And uh, then what she did with it was just, it made it sound so cool, like layer it and reverb and make it sound all epic. Yeah. And it's just like hearing, hearing my little goat horn while I'm like fighting this big, like, yeah. dude, yeah, it, it was, it was pretty fun. It, it takes me out of the game a little bit, but uh, you know, cause you're, you're, imagine, you're like yeah. in Valhalla, like fighting a big drogger. Um, and then she got nominated for a Grammy and she won. And by, by proxy, I also yeah. won a Grammy because of that. So I have the little certificate in my That's house. That's sick. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just goes to show it's just like keep in contact with all the people in your mm-hmm. life that you really respect because they're going to do great things. And it's just like, it's community support stuff. Totally. Do you feel uh, like tightly connected in this community? And supported here? Yeah, I really do. That, I mean, that's one of the reasons I moved back to Minneapolis in the first place. Like a lot of my friends after college went to New York because that was the logical sure. thing for them or they went to LA. And I thought about that, but I'm not the kind of person who's really concerned with having like a huge commercial worldwide recognition or success. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had such great friends here and I really appreciated the honesty with which people played music here. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like here people show up at shows because they want to see their friends play music or people play music. It's Mm -hmm. a pure enjoyment thing. You know, you can go and say, wow, my buddy so-and-so just played this music and it was great. I really loved it. End of the night. You just had a fulfilling experience. Yeah. Uh, But there's a level on the East and West coast. I feel like if you show up because you got to get, you got to be there, you got to be on Mm -hmm. the scene. You have to like, the whole thing. It's like, well, I came to your gig. Now you got to come to my gig. Interesting. And I just, I was never really, interested in that and I feel like that's not as supportive as as here people just show mm-hmm. up and they hang out yeah you know cool. and you know everyone and it's like everyone that I work with are people that I would hang out outside of working with them too yeah and I, I think that's kind of unique to the Midwest thing too dude that's interesting to hear I feel like I've never really even considered that even with the pod like there are times that I go to a show and I'm like I want to talk to this person after mm-hmm. their gig and see if they want to be on but even that feels uh not like what you're explaining about the East and West coast. Like I think, uh, it always is kind of just for a good time. Yeah. You're not, you're not trying to get the edge on Mm -hmm. someone or just like 
it's just like, Hey, this is cool. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about it. It's, I like the pace of life here. And I think everyone kind of recognizes that within the scene. And it's just like, there's enough for everybody. Yeah. You know, no one, no one here is trying to be big shots. Yeah. Oh, I get so giddy when I talk about this on the pod because it's so real. Like our community is so cute and cozy oh, and it's nice. So, it's and so nice. There are, there are so, many, so many beautiful, wonderful people here that are just like so sweet. And there's yeah. no, there's like just, I think it's because it's not like a hustle mentality kind of city. Totally. Yeah. You just, you just don't have to, um, whether that's cost of housing or any of that stuff. It just, it's, it mm-hmm. tends to work out that way. And everyone just wants to play a show and have a beer with you afterwards. Dude. So real. I love it. Okay. A question that I think I'm adding to every episode is, uh, lessons learned the hard way. Any lessons lessons that you've learned the hard way? That's straight from Aurelio. Aurelio, that's a very good question. (laughs) Um, gosh, lessons learned the hard way. I'm gonna think about this for a second. I'm sure I have something. We're like way ahead of schedule. So we're we're doing great. (laughs) Um, yeah, learn, learn to pay your dues, mm-hmm. I would say. And don't think that like anything is owed to you. Uh, I will say when I, when I first got back to town after college, I think I thought I was like a lot better than I maybe was. Okay. And was just like, I would get grumpy when I would see certain people on shows, which is, it's so dumb. Uh, and then I was like, I would get in those situations where I get those opportunities and I would, I would biff it. I would do bad. Mm. It's like, oh, okay. All right. I need to just like humbled. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to get your butt kicked a little bit, but just also like, just know that there's a, there's a process to how mm-hmm. things work and just, uh, you got to walk before you can fly. Yeah. That makes sense. <clears throat> well, let's talk about goals then like on the climb up. Like, did you have any specific goals that you feel like you reached on your way or what are the goals? Yeah. Currently? Uh, actually, yes. I, I'm, I'm not like usually a very future oriented person, which I should change. Uh, I'm very like, I'm, I like being spontaneous and just kind of seeing mm-hmm. where tomorrow comes. But one of the main things that I had told myself was I want to have an album out by the time I'm 30. I'm like 32 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my first album where you're planted came out right before I was 30. So that was a success and people liked it. Uh, my other goal was just, just make music your job. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to successfully do that. I've had a few sort of office Ish jobs, but they've always been music related. Like I briefly apprenticed at a trumpet company where they built trumpets. Cool. Uh, I did a little work at a place that built trumpet cases. So it's always been trumpet, okay, trumpet cool. adjacent. Yeah, sweet. But the, the big thing was always just, you know, make your living playing trumpet. Don't let yourself have a plan B because mm-hmm. you, you can find a way. I, I, I think if you put the time in, there's always a way to like make it work. You just have to be creative. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, the, the the recording thing was one being able to tour, and I've, I've been lucky enough to tour with some great bands. That that happened. That was a goal of mine. I've seen a lot of the world just based on some of the bands that I've gotten to tour with, which I feel extremely lucky about. And then going forward, my next one is to start doing tours with my own music, which I haven't done yet. But that's it's going to happen. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, anything exciting coming up in the near future? Like what's on the agenda? Uh, well, I have this show tonight. At this place, a resource. Although by the time this comes out, it will not be tonight anymore. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, that's pretty fun. What's the date? I have a show with this folk band I'm in called Sister Species. It's a folk band with Sister three Species. trumpets. Interesting. But they act kind of like a choir. Cool. Uh, that's happening. I wish I had dates for you. I can. I can that's okay. I can, I can, can plug later. them in the episode Great. description. <laughs> uh, honestly, everything I do, I'm excited about. You know, it's cool. I, I try part part of the slowing quote unquote slowing down is I try not to take stuff that I'm not 
interested in or vested in musically at all mm-hmm. anymore. I, I do do a lot of like wedding gigs and stuff that just pays the bills, mm-hmm. but there's always a way to make that fun. So I, I show up, I oh, sometimes I like I'll that. grumble about it, but then you'll show up and it's like, you're hanging out with your friends for money and making sounds. Yeah. You know, Dude, it's I love exciting. that perspective. I think a lot of the time we talk about monetization, obviously, and like making art or your hobby, your job. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we can get so bitter about it, but you're so right. There's always a way to make it fun. At I the love end of the, that. It's, would you rather be doing this? Would you rather be like doing data entry at an office, you know? For real. It's just, I, I, have a, I have a lot of friends who have office jobs and like, you know, they monetarily are doing quite well and they are, without fail, are always just like, well, your job's way cooler. You know, and that makes yeah. me feel good. And it is. Yeah, it's fun. It's great. It's a, I, I kind of make my own schedule. You're sort of in charge. It gets good yeah. to be in charge of your own destiny because it just, it, you got to see if you can do it or yeah. not. It, te- it tells you right away if you're like able to make it and be creative and like figure things out. Yeah. Cool. I think we're going to end a little early because we kind of covered all bases. Great. So um, anything you want to plug? You could plug social media or recent releases. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I just put out an album uh, in March called Miscellaneous Items Mm -hmm. on Shifting Paradigm Records. That's my music with my band. It's good, I think. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Worth checking out. Uh, Check out McNasty Brass Band's new album, MNBB. Check out Sister Species. Is there anything else? Play Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Dawn of Ragnarok. (laughs) <laughs> uh you know go see uh ruby gilman teenage kraken i played conch shell in this sweet various you know various just keep on keep on doing things cool uh sometimes really has a mic and i let him ask questions do you have any questions what was i don't know uh <laughs> you don't have to have any but well you're i don't know like your most fun musical experience like what, what was your was, most fun oh, musical most fun musical experience that's like that's like a real hard one to now i've had i've had some really great ones um my first album release, which was would have been 2020, yeah, at the Ice House with my album Where You're Planted. And that was more just, I, I could barely keep it together the whole time because I, I was expecting some people to show up, but all these people from my past, like people I went to high school with, mm-hmm. people I used to work with, I don't even know how they all found out about it, but so many folks showed up wow. and it really was the moment in my career where I felt like, okay, what I'm doing is right and has value and like, people care about it and they support me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, I've never felt like that, like loved and uplifted in my life. And it, it was really the inspiration to keep on going. It's not like I was feeling bitter, but it was like, oh, this is, mm-hmm. this moment is why we do it. So that was probably my favorite musical experience that I've had. Cause it's like, I'm putting my music out into the world and these people are here to receive it and they want to be here to mm-hmm. receive it. Oh, I love that. Beautiful. Yeah. Cool. Good. Well, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thank you. This was great. I 